from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. I think um, you'd have to say this has been an impressive earnings season, but very different from the last few earnings seasons, right? It's impressive because despite these challenges, uh, we've had over 80% of companies beat uh, their earnings targets. But um, perhaps the most impressive thing about the numbers, Ryan, is that we've actually seen estimates increase despite all these challenges. You know, all in all, the numbers are really good. And I'm frankly very impressed that estimates from analysts are rising in aggregate, not a lot, but rising uh, after earnings season. Well, Jeff, we are back on the latest LPL Market Signals podcast. We're not going to do it yet, but there's been a lot of excitement about your dogs dressing up for Halloween. Um, again, I don't want to give it away yet, but maybe just give us a teaser. How fun was the Halloween party with your dogs? Well, I uh, I got a confession to make. Well, let me just say this. This is such a big deal that we had a pre-party, Okay. <laughs> Is that like tailgating before a Chiefs game? Is that kind of what that is? Invitation only. Just a very small group of dogs came over last weekend. It was wet. It was raining. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do the the huge bash next week. So I know people are excited to hear this. We might actually do two weeks of dog Halloween pictures. We'll we'll see how it goes. (laughs) I don't even know what to say on that, but that's that's exciting. I, I, I have seen the pictures. And guys, if you're watching on YouTube, you will see some of the some of the pictures, and we might as well just show some more pictures next week of the actual party. But um, Jeff, you know, this week on the LPL Market Signals podcast, we're going to the dogs apparently, but we're going to take a look at Jerome Powell, right? We have a Fed meeting coming up. And honestly, by the time a lot of you hear this, that Fed meeting might be over. So you get to see how well our predictions do. Going to talk a a good deal about inflation and supply chain again, because honestly, Fed, inflation, supply chain, a lot of these things are intertwined. Um, Going to take a look at what scares us, right? As we just talked about, how Halloween um, was over now, but at LPL Research in our recent weekly market commentary, we took a look at five things that potentially scare us. We're going to dive into that. Then we're going to finish it up kind of like we usually do. Just take a look at the economy, right? Some of the recent economic data, GDP, we've got a big jobs number coming up. Earnings season is starting to wind down. Jeff will give a a summary of what is looking like another really solid earnings season. So Jeff, something that's not solid, apparently, is my Cincinnati Bengals hearing how great they were all week. And we don't need to do this too much because it hurts me. Maybe some of our listeners don't even want to, don't even care. But the Bengals were told all week how great they were. They had a 98% chance in the fourth quarter of beating the Jets, according to the probability um, thing that they have on ESPN. Uh, they were up 31-20 with like five or six minutes to go. And they found a way to lose. So, Jeff, let's talk about fat tails. Is that a fat tail experience, that, that, that 98% are not working, you think? When it comes to the Bengals, uh, I would say uh, watch out for the fat tails. That, yes. You know, it's, yeah. it's very Bengal-esque. It is. I mean, Jeff, just for our listeners, tell, tell me what, what is a fat tail? You know, from, a, from an investment's point of view, I used it for a football point of view. But what, when we talk about fat tails, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, if you plot a probability distribution, uh, it, it essentially means that unlikely events are more likely to happen. Yeah. Right? You get, uh, you know, normal distribution, you get this big curve. Well, it kind of flattens out and all this less probable stuff can can potentially happen. And uh, that's, I guess, indeed what you saw with the Bengals. Yeah, I remember when they were my, my one son said, Dad, it's a 98% chance to win. I'm like, really? That that feels a little extreme. And sure enough, the fat tail got us. But as investors, sometimes we're looking for those fat tails. Sometimes those are some of the... Uh, events that can help you really make a lot of money. But Jeff, let's go to the first thing we were going to talk about. Jerome Powell and the idea of tapering, right? Um, again, 
We're recording this Tuesday morning ahead of the uh, Fed decision, which is going to come out on Wednesday. I mean, Jeff, you know, we might have egg on our face, pie on our face, whatever you want to call it. I think it's pretty darn near certain he's going to announce tapering tomorrow on Wednesday. I mean, you know, we're talking fat tail percentages. What's your percent you think if he announces tapering tomorrow? Oh, it's probably close to that uh, Bengals percentage. Yeah, I mean, in, in you know, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's ninety. Right. Uh, but the Fed doesn't want to surprise anyone in either direction, and so when they've guided to this and the market has accepted this outcome, it could potentially be uh, damaging to uh, markets to to throw a curveball in there. So, very likely that we get tapering either you know starting immediately or or starting next month. Yeah, and that was my other question, I guess, was when do you expect tapering to start? Because it is, he has broadcast this extensively, and at least the way the market and a lot of people are interpreting what he's been telling us for a couple of months is tapering likely will be announced. I mean, you know, again, do you expect it to be the number I keep hearing is 15 billion? They're going to taper by 15 billion, at least initially, and taper from there. What, what, what do you think that could be? Yeah, it's just going to be on uh, autopilot, right? Mm-hmm. Most likely, uh, that 15 billion a month for uh, eight months and by mid next year will be done. So that's the base case. It's what we in the markets expect at this point, but certainly, you know, there's the fat tails again. Certainly there's some probability that we get surprised and that timetable gets accelerated a bit. And you see that when you look at what the bond market's pricing in, in terms of rate hikes, right? Very different from tapering, right? Slowing bond purchases, then eventually you don't do bond purchases. Then after that, you start hiking rates. Um, that um, the market thinks we'll get to uh, next year. We think that's a little bit too aggressive. No, uh, absolutely. And maybe just just for some of our listeners who don't understand what tapering is exactly, the Fed is buying one hundred and twenty billion dollars worth of bonds per month. They have been since the depths of the pandemic. A lot of people say, hey, the economy is doing okay. Do you really need to buy $120 billion worth of uh, of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities to keep rates low? Probably not. That's what tapering means. They're going to start buying less. And in theory, that means if you're buying less, you could have you know rates go a little higher. And then down the road, sometime next year, probably see that first rate hike. I mean, Jeff, you know, we, we go a lot of ways on these podcasts. We, we don't really script this. I heard the first rate hike. We've talked a lot about the first rate hike. I know you have extensively. Let's say the first rate hike's the middle of next year. And I'm just picking out a random date here sometime. Are you worried when that first rate hike comes that, you know, <laughs> the end of the world is near? No, definitely not. Re- remember, the reason the Fed hikes rates is because the economy is doing better. Exactly. Right. And earnings are growing. And so that's why historically you see stocks rally in the period leading up to the first rate hike, because you need favorable economic and corporate conditions to enable the Fed to, to hike rates. So no, again, market doesn't like surprises. So if the Fed accelerates its timetable, there will be an adjustment. We saw that in December of 2018, uh, drove a significant correction in, in stocks because the market thought they were being too aggressive. So you, know, you don't want to dismiss the risk that we'll get volatility, but that adjustment will probably happen pretty quickly. And then the Fed will resume its path dependent on the economic data and uh, corporate conditions. So that 2018, for those that might remember, that was when the market sold off extensively. We had the largest sell-off ever on Christmas Eve, which historically Christmas Eve stocks do just fine. No one's really around. But that that, that caused uh, some indigestion, I guess we'll say. Now, our friends, Jeff, at Oxford Economics had an awesome piece. I guess it was last week. They found 13 countries that have actually already hiked rates this year. 
What did stocks do after that first rate hike? Well, 11 out of the 13 stocks continue to do just fine with no weakness. We did see a sell-off in Korea and Brazil after their first rate hike. And we've talked before about the United States, like you just mentioned. When you start rate hiking rates, normally that's a normal thing. Normally it means you're taking off the training wheels and the economy is going to grow on its own, which I like to think is a good thing. And likely it's not going to be a major, major concern. Because honestly, if we're talking about rate hikes right now, you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight months in advance. Mr. Market probably has priced a lot of that in. So we'll we'll talk more about the Fed next week when we see what they do and we'll see the reaction, I guess, that matters. But Jeff, kind of 2.0 to all of this. Just and again, we get these questions every single week. I'm on the road more presenting inflation, supply chain, supply chain, inflation. We'll just keep talking about it a little bit. I mean, what, what's your latest, you know, kind of some of the data? I know we saw the PCE on Friday. We've seen the earnings. We'll talk about earnings here in a little bit, but maybe what you've heard from companies uh, this earnings season about supply chain. What are you feeling right now? Yeah, a lot of this inflation that we've seen is related to the supply chain pressures. It's kind of related to labor shortages and higher wages, right? The labor uh, cost of labor is going up about 5% a year right now. Um, that's uncomfortably high uh, for companies, certainly, and um, something to watch. But the other piece, supply chain, um, if these bottlenecks get resolved over the next several months, then we'll mo- and, and that's our view, at least a lot of them, I think, we think will be resolved the next several months. Then we'll be looking out to a period where those long-term structural forces that have been pushing down on inflation for decades mm-hmm. start to take hold, you know, price comparisons on Amazon, uh, technology makes stuff cheaper, right? The internet and all of that. Um, Demographics are a piece of it too, with baby boomers retiring and all of that. So there's a number of reasons why inflation long-term we think will be contained, Uh, but short-term we're gonna get a little bit of a burst um, from this last leg, hopefully last leg of reopening, which will drive prices of the COVID sensitive areas you know, hotels, um, airline tickets, leisure hospitality areas like that. Yeah, speaking of airlines and supply chain, I mean, maybe you guys saw the headlines, but American, which is the big hub down here in Charlotte, they canceled well over a thousand flights. I don't even know the final number. My mother-in-law visited last weekend and she was supposed to go back on Sunday, Halloween, to go see her other grandkids. Well, she was one of the more than a 1,000 flights that were canceled. And again, that's just all part of the real world that we're feeling. You know, also, we talked about the Fed, so I'll hit rewind just for a second here. Um, we're in the midst of the five most bullish days of the year. You know, last week, we talked about how October historically is pretty strong in an odd year. Well, guys, we just had the best October in six years, best monthly return out of any month all year since last November, this past October. And November is, um, you know, historically pretty strong. So those are just some kind of some concepts. But we're in the midst of the five best days of the year. All right. Today is Tuesday. That's day four. Tomorrow, Fed Day is actually day five of the five most bullish days of the year. Now, this is a very short term time frame. We wouldn't at all say, you know, invest in this. Just be aware, though. So far, we're three for three during the five most bullish days. We've been higher every single day, at least on the S&P. So just some uh, some things to be aware of there. But yeah, my take is similar, Jeff. Uh, we're, we are going to talk more about earnings. I just want to cheat a little bit. I think what U.S. Steel said on Friday was huge, all right? I mean, again, we had Amazon and Apple both kind of had some disappointing earnings down big Thursday night. Everyone's, oh boy, here we go. Here comes the big one. We're going to get killed on Friday. That wasn't the case. Stocks actually gained on Friday with those two monsters um, having some disappointing numbers. We'll dig in again on their numbers soon. But U.S. Steel said, hey, 
Well, we're hearing from auto manufacturers, or they're they're getting back out there, right? What's the number one thing being hit by semiconductors? Well, it's autos, right? Autos are not making many cars because you can't make the chips. What U.S. Steel said is they're hearing some positive things from the autos, steel, aluminum, all those types of things might be coming back online, and that's a positive, clearly a positive step. So, Jeff, this is why a lot of people are here, though. We are going to go to the next slide, and it is a picture on the YouTube channel of your dogs dressed up. Give us the dogs' names and what exactly they dressed up as. The floor is yours. There's the slide. <laughs> All right. Oh, for those of you who just listen to the audio, you're you're so missing out. Um, so <laughs> yes, you, my, yes, you are. Is all I'll say. <laughs> my Bella in the middle is um, it, it's either a you know a, a bull in a bullfight or it's a um, salsa dancer. Not quite sure, but something in that genre. It's a bull uh, market, then, Jeff. I'm going to say your dog's a bull. I'm going with that one. Dog's a bull. That's right. Very yeah. bullish, no, no doubt. So she's a, a mini Labradoodle. And on the right, these are two best friends. Uh, Triscuit on the right is a caterpillar. Uh, he is a um, cockapoo. And then on the left is is Leo the poodle, full-size poodle. He is a horse. You can see the saddle on him with the little guy riding him <laughs> with the cowboy hat. Um, really, um, it makes sense, actually, because Leo's pretty big, pretty big full-size poodle. So, you know. Actually, my uh, my younger daughter could probably ride him, and he would uh, he wouldn't have a problem with that. So, so those that's the the close knit group, and um, you know we'll we'll have um, a few more dogs over in costume next week that you know delayed due to the weather. Yeah, the one on the left with the little guy on top, I wasn't quite sure what was going on there, but now I understand what's going on. So yeah, that's wow. That, that those three look like trouble. I don't know how often do they get to play together again? How does it work? Oh, all, all the time. They have okay. they have uh, little play dates in the backyard, at least a couple of times a week. We rotate houses. They, they get along really well. That looks like trouble, but also in a fun, fun way. So I don't even know how we move forward from this. This is clearly the highlight of today, but we will. Um, let's talk about what scares us, Jeff. And, you know, Jeff and I do have a meeting in like 13 minutes we have to be at. So we have to wrap this podcast up in 13 minutes, which which we will, um, you know, so we could spend all day on this. But Jeff, it was Halloween, kind of what scares us, right? Um, the five things we listed, we had inflation, an aggressive Fed, seasonal gains may have been pulled forward profit margin pressures, and overly bullish sentiment. Jeff, I'll go first fairly quickly, and I'll take the seasonal gains of the bullish sentiment, and you can kind of have the others if that works. Although we did already kind of talk about the Fed. Guys, the idea, hey, we just had a huge October. Fourth quarter is the strongest quarter. Uh, the different reasons to clearly still be bullish stocks over bonds, but potentially, you know, up 22% for the year with a 6% October. Historically, we have a really big October. November maybe doesn't quite do as well. So just kind of maybe we pulled forward some of those gains. That, and we say scares us. I mean, honestly, a 22% gain. I think if we're flat for the year. Most of us would probably say, yeah, after what we've been through, we'll take that. So that's not the, that super scary, but just something to be aware of. Also, overly bullish sentiment. I mean, listen, various sentiment polls, put the call ratios, flows. We're seeing like huge flows in the stocks and ETFs. And that's not the end of the world. We're at all-time highs. What encouraged me was on that 5% correction we had about a month ago, a lot of fear came in. That helped refresh things. The Chinese real estate scare of 5% correction, I guess we'll call it. And then sure enough, we went higher. So right now, yeah, people are pretty optimistic. New highs, feel good time of the year. Maybe Mr. Market could surprise people and pull the rug out a little bit. So those are two potential concerns. Uh, Jeff, there's inflation, Fed, and profit margins. Uh, I'll, I'll let you do those three. Take it away. Well, Ryan, scarier than anything on this list is uh, the outage of the kids' gaming platform, Roblox. Oh, boy. Yep. that we had to contend with over the weekend. 
I th- all of you parents of young young kids know or tweens and <laughs> know how tough that was. So uh, if we can get through that, we can get through anything. The um, you know the inflation Fed picture. You know we we had talked about it already. We're comfortable with this, but if stocks are going to correct, that's probably going to be why, right? In fact, inflation. I think it's fair to say is the number one question we're getting uh, from our advisors. It's, I mean, you all see it in the news. I mean, it's important just to separate the supply chain uh, bottlenecks and, you know, temporary COVID-related inflation pressures from the demand side, right? Um, and so, you know, demand is healthy, certainly, but, um, and, and the, our outlook is for continued strong demand. But the, the supply side is really driving most of this um, mm-hmm. inflation problem. And again, that that is mostly temporary, um, you know, talk about earnings in a bit, but we're hearing from a lot of companies, they expect first half of next year for those those issues to be resolved. Um, and, and frankly, I was pleasantly surprised by some positive comments out of, you know, autos, you know, Ford, Texas right. Instruments, a chip maker, right? Um, now you had your Apples and your Amazons, which clearly were impacted, but, you know, for every company that was hurt, you've got a few more that are um, actually pretty optimistic about the near term. So, um, the supply side inflation pressures we think are going to abate here uh, in the coming months. And, and it certainly, it seems like based on stocks at all time highs, the market's comfortable with that. So, um, you know, that's really the sort of items one, two, and four on this list. They're all tied together, right? Um, just looking at wages in particular, though, the labor supply, we have the jobs report Friday, labor supply has been slow to come back, right? So that's another thing that you know scares us a little bit here. We need more labor supply so that there's not so much upward pressure on wages. I mean, there's bidding wars for talent in a lot of industries right now, um, and that five percent wage growth number we're seeing right now, you know, that could go up a couple of points here, which would certainly be uncomfortable for companies. Still, companies are doing a pretty good job during earnings season of managing um, that cost pressure. Uh, excellent points there. And guys, if you want to get more detail on the five things that kind of scare and worry us, please check out the latest LPL market, or I'm sorry, not LPL market signals. That's that's what we're on right now. LPL weekly market commentary. Go to LPL.com, scroll down a little bit and you'll see it there. I will just point out one other thing. People, you know, say what, what, what worries you as you head out into 2022, right? I mean, some of these potentially absolutely could still worry us. Um, the one that gets me, Jeff, is U.S.-China trade relations. I just saw a note earlier this week that the U.S. canceled China Telecom's permission to operate in the U.S. Right, we're seeing some back and forth between the two superpowers. I mean, let's be honest, relations between the U.S. and China are about as low as they've been in decades, uh, frothy at best. So again, we'll just see, right? We're watching that one closely, but that's maybe more of a, that might be more of a fat tail scenario if we really get into a big issue with, with China, um, you know, but just seeing the U.S. canceled uh, the China telecom permission to operate in the U.S., that caught my attention. So Jeff, let me get this screen here and we're going to go to the next slide. I just want to point this out very quickly. Um, and I know it might kind of, in a way, run in the face of what I talked about a second ago with the idea that we steal gains or October stole some gains from November, but just maybe get a little more optimistic on things and why we still think this is a major structural bull market. Guys, when you're up 20% for the year heading into the month of November, which again is historically the strongest month of the year, um, November is actually higher eight out of eight times, never been lower going back to 1950 when you're up 20% for the year in the SP going into November. 
um, up nearly 4% on average, more than double the at-any-time return the month of November. And the final two months, historically two of the stronger months of the year, uh, November, December, also higher every single time, up more than 6%. So do we get a 6% return the final two months of this year? We'd say probably not. But history, again, would suggest that we likely have at least some higher prices before this year is over these final two months. So, Jeff, the final thing we want to talk about a little bit is the economy, earnings, and kind of the jobs number. So GDP came in, Jeff, um, last week, the third quarter GDP number. It was expected to be up around 3 3 3.5%. Remember a week ago, though, we talked about how the Atlanta Fed has their uh, GDP now, and they were looking for like flattish GDP so I think they were kind of right in that GDP came in lower than expected at, I'm going to say, only 2%. I mean, Jeff, you've had some time to think about it. Are you Clearly, the market's not concerned because I think it's old news or moving forward. Um, 2% GDP, but we're going to bounce back next quarter, right? What's your take on that? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. That's the most important point here, even though GDP was soft. Uh, we're positioned to, as an economy, to um, you know see better growth over the next couple of quarters as COVID is, we hope, less impactful. Uh, and, um, you know, again, some of these supply chain issues uh, start to be resolved. We also have to rebuild inventory. I think we've talked about that the last uh, couple of podcasts where, you know, companies drew down inventory. They were kind of surprised, of course, by the strong demand coming out of the pandemic. Uh, still playing a little bit of catch up. So when you build inventories for subsequent quarters, that is a boost uh, to GDP. And then last point on this, consumers are in great shape. We've talked a lot about this, right? There's trillions of dollars in excess savings. A lot of it is stimulus driven. Mm-hmm. We get that. So it's not going to recur. But nonetheless, consumers are in great shape. The debt obligations are as easy for consumers to service as they've been in decades. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it makes it easier for, for consumers to pay those higher prices when they're when they have all that cash. So consumers are good sh- in good shape position to drive better consumer spending in coming quarters, which of course is the biggest piece of GDP. Absolutely. You said two words there, inventory and catch up. And that just reminded me, I walked out in my garage the other day. And I think we're still in the middle of the pandemic. We had like seven ketchups out there all lined up on the shelf. So with the Dietrich family has an inventory of ketchup. I'm not sure if that's the same way you meant to spell ketchup, but nonetheless. So a few notes that I scribbled here about the GDP number when it came out. Second quarter was 6.7%. First quarter, 6.3%. And then again, the third quarter down at 2%. Consumption overall was still pretty strong. The U.S. consumer, like we're talking about here, continues to go still be a pretty major driver. And going forward, we do expect that. So Jeff, earnings season, we're going to talk about here for a minute or two. Um, you know, we've talked about the last two weeks, but I think it's still important because we had some high profile misses like we just talked about Amazon and Apple specifically. Yet overall markets at all time highs and earnings season has been strong. Tell me a little bit about all that. Yeah, I think um, you'd have to say this has been an impressive earnings season, but very different from the last few earnings seasons, right? It's impressive because despite these challenges, um, we've had over 80% of companies beat uh, their earnings targets. We've had about nine percentage points of upside. So, you know, consensus estimates were calling for about 27% year-over-year gain in earnings, now tracking to about 36. Uh, so solid upside. Not the blowouts we saw the last few quarters, but frankly, nobody, including myself, expected anything close to the blowouts that we've seen uh, in recent quarters because these headwinds are just getting stronger and stronger. But um, perhaps the most impressive thing about 
the numbers, Ryan, is that we've actually seen estimates increase, right? Despite all these challenges. Now, the the, the challenging macro environment affects different companies differently, right? So you can point to an area like restaurants that are suffering from labor shortages and and wage pressures, right? But for every you know restaurant, there's another type of company that really doesn't have to deal with all that stuff, right? Uh, digital, certainly digital, Amazon excluded, but companies that are pretty much all digital uh, don't have to move goods around. So, you know, there's enough companies that are well positioned for this environment that aren't having to deal with all these challenges. They're offsetting the companies that are getting hurt uh, by this environment. So, you know, all in all, the numbers are really good. And I'm frankly very impressed that estimates from analysts are rising in aggregate, not a lot, but rising uh, after earnings season. Absolutely. It's been impressive. I'll tell you, so they said Apple missed on their iPhone sales. I can tell you that wasn't a shock. I bought two iPhones over the past month for my wife and daughter. You can't find them. I mean, I was going to, I went to multiple Verizon stores. They're not there. We had to go to Best Buy to buy our uh, Verizon phone. So that wasn't too big of a shock. Um, guys, it was the first time since 2016, <clears throat> excuse me, I get coughed up talking about this, choked up cough, talking about it, that uh, uh, earnings did not beat for Apple for the first time since 2016. They lowered their revenue by well, only $6 billion. <laughs> Six billion dollars in the fourth quarter, and again, and Amazon came out and they they missed and disappointed in the fourth quarter outlook. They cited tight labor, supply chain issues. Um, their revenue is now expected to be between 130 and 140 billion a week ago before earnings are expected to be 142 billion. So again, some of the I think it's really impressive. My take is this: those are two of the biggest of the big. Okay, things weren't perfect for them. They still made a lot of money and had a lot of revenue, but they weren't as as good as it could have been. But still, corporate America, like you said, Jeff, key concept is picking it up in other places. And again, the economy sure looks like it's going to continue to strengthen here. Jeff, the final thing we're going to talk about, I know you and I have a um, team meeting here in just a couple of minutes. The big thing this week is the jobs number on Friday. I'm going to do approximate here, 450, 500 million, who's counting, close enough for government work is what we're expecting. What do you see for the jobs number this Friday? Yeah, I think you meant thousands, not millions. I think 400. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did mean that, actually. The whole, <laughs> whole job market. We would fix a lot of problems if we had 500 million jobs created. Yeah, you got me there, Ham. <laughs> yeah, the, the global job market is probably about that size. Right. But um, the uh, yeah consensus is 450,000. I think we could probably do a little bit better than that, but we're just having to be more patient because that labor supply, even though we've got you know the end of those supplemental unemployment benefits, you know, that's more incentive for people to work. You have... Um, you know, the COVID situation getting better nationally. So that gets more people out into labor force, uh, certainly. Um, and then childcare and back to school and all that helps encourage people to work. So those things are are working. And that's why we're going to do much better, we think, than, than last month in terms of the number of jobs created. Right. But the, the big one, we might have to wait for November uh, to be reported in early December. Uh, th this one's not going to be another million you know, we, we've seen that before, right? A million jobs in a month. We'll see that probably again, but it just might not be uh, the October report for uh, the end of the week. Oh, absolutely. And I just, again, look at real world examples, literally today on November 2nd. By the way, it is my mom's birthday, 68th birthday. Happy mom. Happy birthday, mom. But it's also a day that a lot of people at LPL came back to the office. I've been coming the whole time, but um, you know, a lot of us, uh, they've got new desks and new places. So this is just a small real world example of 
a little more people getting back out doing some things, which is um, which is really exciting. And we continue to hire. <laughs> Literally couldn't come in yesterday. We hired a bunch of people. So it's uh, it's exciting. So there's a lot of positive things taking place. Jeff, any final comments? And then I'll bring us home. I, th- I think that's that's a wrap. Just we're going to continue to follow earnings closely and see what the Fed has to say tomorrow. But, you know, we still think stocks go higher between now and the end of the year. Absolutely. And guys, join us again next week where we're really going to dive in to the big dog party that Jeff is having for his dog and his dog's friends. It should be um, should be a really, really good one. I kind of like the way we're spending it uh, two weeks now. We're spending two weeks on this dog party, Jeff. We'll just for a while. They remember I did those stupid jokes, uh, stupid, stupid jokes. And everybody kind of liked that. We just kept dragging it on. And eventually it, it wore itself out. But maybe we'll do that with your dog party. So, guys, thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it. Thanks to Neil, our producer. Um, if you guys like it, give us a like, give us a follow. It really helps. And I'm pretty sure, guys, we've hit 500,000 downloads, not 500 million, 500,000 downloads. And we'll double check that. But I know we're really close, if not. And thanks, everyone, who continues to listen to this weekly podcast. We'll be back next week to talk, talk about the dogs, what they wore. See everybody then. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All index are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliate. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations and may lose value.